Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. All right, hallelujah. Well, good evening, everybody. This is Birthed Family Church. I'm Pastor Bruce, and this is Healing School. And this, this class has been set aside to teach uh, from the Word of God concerning, first and foremost, that Jesus didn't just take our sin, but he also took the effects of our sin, uh, which includes uh, poverty and also sickness and disease. Uh, so roll up your sleeves, get your Bibles out tonight. Is everybody doing okay? Oh, hallelujah. I'm starting to get pulled different directions tonight, so believe with me that I can get out of, out of the inside of me what he has for us. I, I, I will make a short little blurb that uh, my wife and I, Pastor Marianne and I, were, were talking tonight, and we, were, we felt like maybe healing school had run its course for a while. And uh, you can only take so much of one subject, and we've been doing this now for probably four years, might be a good way of going about it and uh, we're thinking like we may uh, change the format on Sunday night so we'll we'll keep you informed it may or may not be a uh, live stream we'll see what the format's like but we're just gonna maybe make a change we'll see something's something's stirring in our hearts and so we're gonna figure it out so are you ready to get something to, to tonight I I know I keep sounding like I'm beating the same drum but it's our responsibility to pull on the gift of God. It's our responsibility to open our, our eyes, our ears, our inner man, and dare I say to demand revelation from the Lord. It, it's, Jesus was clear. He says the hungry are the ones who get fed. He says if you thirst, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. And so hunger is, is a an attribute that you and I need to maintain. It's so easy to just say, well, I'm satisfied. I know that. I got that. Uh, that's something that we have to, to fight and to resist and make ourselves on the inside. Be alert. Be, be pulling on uh, truth from the Lord and put a demand on the anointing on the speaker, which happens to be me tonight. He's, he has anointed us to both speak and to hear. Uh, the Bible says over there in 1 John that, that you have an unction or an anointing, an empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and you know all things. What that means is, is the Holy Spirit is willing to help us to hear, not just with these natural ears, but to hear with our heart. Because this book is spiritual. And once we get that which is spiritual, that life that is in that spiritual substance of the word down into our spirit, then from there it'll begin emanating out from our spirit and touching every area of our life. Whether it be spiritual, mental, emotional, relational, physical, financial. I mean, even in the littlest things, 
of where do I leave this? And the Holy Spirit will just take you right where it is. He'll lead us in every area of our life. Even things that seem insignificant and small. This is, a, this is a living relationship with the Most High God. And he's with us forever. <laughs> he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So let's open our ears tonight. I'm going to do my best to yield to him and have him say things through me. Just let him navigate us tonight through what he wants us to, to hear in terms of receiving healing for our physical body. And then we just walk it out. Amen. Here we go. Father, I know you're here. Each one of us brought you here with us tonight because we are your temple. And we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We know that Jesus is seated now at the right hand of the Father. And right now, the agent of the Godhead to help us is the Holy Ghost. And each one of us have been born of the Spirit of God. He lives in us us and all the resources of heaven are not out here but they're right on the inside of us in our spirit so we choose to access your help tonight holy one give us ears to hear give us eyes to see give each one of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who we are in Christ, what we've been given, and how to bring it online that we can enjoy it in our life. Father, I thank you that you have anointed me. You've anointed me to speak. I thank you. I claim a door of utterance to make known the mystery of Christ. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, I looked at the broadcast, and it's been, I think, a month since we have been in healing school, just because of that pesky holiday. What do they call it? Christmas? <laughs> we, were kind of, we were kind of interrupted there for a while. And we were talking about allowing the Holy Spirit, the, the Spirit that lives inside of us, to bring healing to our body. And so we call it being healed by the, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit. All right? So here, I want you to go on over. Oh, let me see where we are tonight. I want you to go on over to Acts chapter 2. And the last time that we were together, we talked about the, the, spirit, the spirit of God and, and how he is that agent that God uses to, to bring his life to the individual. And we see that he did that for Jesus when he was representing us. We talked about how on the cross, Jesus died two deaths. Now, most people identify with the cross as physical death. And yes, Jesus obviously did die physically. But dying physically for us could not save us because we were fallen or spiritually dead. So Jesus had to die spiritually in order to conquer spiritual death through resurrection. So on the cross, Jesus, first and foremost, died spiritually. For all eternity, up to that point in time, Jesus was always in, in union and a part of the Father. He was the Son of God. But on the cross, he became our sin. 
I'm not talking about our bad behavior. I'm talking about that fallen sin nature that we had inherited from our father, Adam. And when Jesus received that fallen nature, that's when his spirit man and all the life that was in it left him and he died spiritually. Remember on the cross when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you uh, left me? Why have you forsaken me? Where are you? And then we see moments later that he, the Bible says that he gave up the ghost or his spirit left his body and therefore his body died spiritually. So here, his body that died was laid in a tomb, but his spirit is now spiritually dead, went to the place reserved for those who are separated from God after this life here on the earth and went into the midst of hell and received torment and suffered for us for three days and three nights. Now understand that while he's in hell, being separated from the life of God and being tormented by the keepers of hell itself, his body is laying on a slab up in that tomb, up in that, that cave, so to speak. And you understand that once the spirit leaves the body, the body dies. There's no life force in that flesh anymore, and all the cells in that body begin to deteriorate. Dare I say, start to rot. Start that process of going back to where our body came from, the earth. And so for three days and three nights, his body is up there in that tomb, even though it had been in, not embalmed, but it had been anointed and wrapped up. Still, all of his organs were beginning to, to decay. He wasn't sick. His body was dead. No life in it. And when God saw, and let me, let me get this verse for us. Hallelujah. Kind of free will in here tonight. Go over to Romans 6. Romans 6 and verse 4. This is not talking about water baptism. But it's talking about how you and I were baptized into Christ spiritually and became a part of him. Verse 4 here says that therefore we are buried with him by baptism. That is to become a part of him or submerged and being made one with him into death. So understand that when Jesus died spiritually for you and I, in essence, we were in him when he died. And so when Jesus was in hell, in essence, you and I went to hell. Remember, Jesus was representing us. And so when he went to hell, so did you and I. Remember, we had to pay the price. We had to pay the, the penalty for our sin condition, which encompassed being in that place separated from God, which we commonly call hell. And so while Jesus was in hell representing us, in essence, so were we. You got that? So for three days, he paid the price that we couldn't pay. And then at that point, this is, this is what happened. 
it says he was we were we are buried with him we just explained that right therefore we are buried with him through association through baptism through being a part of him into death and in this case is talking about spiritual death that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. We found out in another verse of Scripture that the glory of God is the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is the glory of God. One place in the Bible, it says he was, Jesus was raised by the glory of God. And then in another place, it says he was raised by the Spirit of God. Well, God's glory is the Spirit of God. It's a divine person. It's the third part of the Godhead. He is the Father. He is the Son. He is the Holy Spirit. So, not only was Jesus raised from the dead by the Spirit of God, look at verse 5, same chapter 6 of Romans. It says, For if we have been planted together, in the likeness of his death. Notice again, it tells us that we were in hell as Christ represented us. It says that we, who's we? Every human being. We shall also in the likeness, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. Remember, it just said in that previous verse that we were raised by the glory of God. So understand that here's Jesus in hell. He is our sin nature. He's representing us. And for three days and three nights, he was separated from his father in a place of torment, paying the price for us. Try to visualize him being tormented. Try to visualize how those demons of hell were, were making fun of him, um, maligning him, disgracing him, belittling him, yet, while yet tormenting him. Now, in that place of darkness, I want you to see that God then sent the Holy Spirit. Spent, sent the Holy Spirit that came down into the, the, what the Bible describes as the center of the earth and came down into that place of hell. And then came into his spirit man and took that spiritual nature that was separated from God, that was dead in its trespasses and sin, and resurrected it. To resurrect something is you have to impart the life back into it. Amen. Resurrection is the impart, impartment or the impartation of life, interjecting that life to take that which is dead and to make it alive. And so when Jesus was in that place of bondage, understand, he had become the servant of the devil. A child of the devil, as it were. And so he was completely in the servitude 
of the devil. But when God the Holy Spirit came inside of him and the life of God by the Holy Spirit resurrected his spirit, he became full of the life of God. And he threw off all the principalities and powers and all the evil entities of hell and over Satan himself. Because he went over to the devil and took from him the keys of death, hell, and the grave. You see, the only way Jesus could conquer spiritual death was number one, to die spiritually, and then number two, be resurrected spiritually. Amen, yes. Amen. Now understand that this same resurrection that Jesus received in his spirit is what we received when we were born again. The Bible calls Jesus the firstborn from the dead. Inferring that there's going to be the second one, born from the dead, third, fourth, fifth. I don't know where we are in that number, but we're a number of someone who got resurrected in our spirit just like Jesus did. Now, once he took, peck, once he took care of business in hell, and I can't wait to go to Blockbuster or the video store in heaven, and I can't wait to see that video of Jesus whooping up on the devil. And I bet it's going to be a lot more entertaining than when he cleaned the temple out with a whip. <laughs> and I, I, I can't wait to hear the, the, the demons just squealing like a bunch of cut pigs and riding, uh, running away from him with their tail in between their legs and then going over to the to the devil himself and just slapping him around. Come on. Amen. And just taking those keys from him. Glory. Maybe even having him bow before him and say, now you're under my feet. Now from there, he raised up out of that place and came up into the earth outside the tomb of where his body was. Now, I'm not quite sure if resurrection changed his, his outward appearance. Because when, when Mary saw him in the garden, he didn't, she didn't recognize him. But what happened is Jesus, this is just my assumption, his spirit rise right up into that tomb where his body was, where it was decaying, where it was probably starting to stinketh. That's King James for stink. Stinketh. <laughs> right? Try and visualize this. Here's a body of flesh that is, all the cells are dead absent of physical life. Every cell is deteriorating. All the organs are turning to goo. Right? And his spirit slipped into his body like you would take a glove and stick your hand into it. And when that spirit that was quickened and made alive by the Holy Spirit 
When it slipped into his body, it began to make alive all the dead tissue, all the dead cells, all the dead organs. And breath was brought into him. And his body then became resurrected. Oh, hallelujah. I said, oh, hallelujah. And then... I'm assuming the angels moved the stone away. Which wasn't necessary because Jesus could have walked right through it. Like, like he visited the disciples. He walked right through the walls. See, his body is no longer acceptable to that which we think is solid. He, he, this is just, this thing's alive. The matter that, that makes this wood is not solid and can be, apparently, walked right through. But they wanted to move the stone away so they knew something took place. Yeah. <laughs> right? Resurrection. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that's when Mary saw him as he stepped outside somewhere in the tomb and asked, where did they lay him? Because mm -hmm. she must have looked in and the tomb was empty. Now, if this spirit of God, this glory of God, if it can raise that which is spiritually dead by making it alive, and if it can come into dead flesh and make it alive, don't you think that that same spirit that's in us can heal our body? might be a little easier to heal a body that's still alive than resurrect a body that's dead. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so it says that you and I have been raised from the dead in the likeness of his resurrection. Now get a hold of this. Go, you're in Romans 6. Go to Romans 8. And, and this is really what we're kind of getting to here tonight. And, and this is where we really need to begin meditating in this verse 11 of Romans 8. It says, but if the spirit of him, well, him is Jesus or him is God, so it's the Spirit of God. We call that the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. This is the third part, excuse me, this is the third part of the Godhead. So this Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that raised up Jesus from the dead, what's it say about him? He dwells in you. Now, I made a statement a week ago, and it, it's still true today as it was a week ago. The most powerful attribute that you and I possess in our life, apart from the new birth and becoming a new creature in Christ, being a child of God, is to have the person, the divine person of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, living in us. 
And to be quite honest with you, I don't think many Christians have the reality of that being the case. Because we're always looking out here for God to help us. God's not out here. He's right here. I said he's right here. When I'm looking for direction, I'm not looking for something to happen out here to say he wants me to do this, he wants me to do that. I'm not sending out a, a fleece saying, God, well, if you want me to do this, have this happen. That's being led by the physical realm. Yep. And we all know who the God of that realm is. Yeah. No, I want to be led by the Spirit. Amen. Right here. Right here. Right here. God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you and I. Did you see that? But if the Spirit of Him, the Holy Spirit, that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also. He's about to tell us that the same thing that the Holy Spirit did for Jesus, He's willing to do for you and I. Amen. Now, we, I, I did the best I could to describe what it was like when Jesus was resurrected spiritually. And I tried to, to, to describe what it was like for him to be raised physically from the dead. Both those, both those acts that the Holy Spirit did for Jesus, he's done for us. You've already received resurrection in your spirit. Yes. I remember, maybe only my wife and Darlene will understand this, but when I first received Christ, I was inundated by so much information. And I found out that, in essence, the being born again, uh, becoming a new cre creature in Christ, was indeed the resurrection of my spirit. That my spirit, in essence, was void of life. I was still existing as a spirit being, an eternal spirit being, living inside of a body. But my spirit man was completely void of God's life. See, that's what the kingdom of darkness is. The devil didn't create sin. He didn't create sickness. He didn't create poverty. No. His entire kingdom is void of life. God's life. Yeah, come on. So everything in his kingdom now doesn't have God's life, so it's the exact opposite of everything that God has in his kingdom. You see, when God kicked him out of heaven, he lost all of his privileges of God's life. He has no creativity. He doesn't have God's life. If he had any power at all, he would just knock us in the head before we got saved. That's why he has to use deception. 
So here I am, I was working in the pink stone quarry, a stone's throw away from where you grew up, Darlene. And we were working in the pink stone, and I was the cutter. And so I'm behind this machine that, that cuts sandstone into uh, material used for uh, masonry, uh, to, like, like bricks. And it, I was just on that machine cutting strips that were four inches wide and whatever length the stone was, right? And I'm thinking about being born again. And then I thought about Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says that, uh, for by grace are you saved through faith. And I began to think, you know, I was saved because of the faith that God gave me. I believed for my salvation. And then I had this thought. I put those two, those two ideas together, that the new birth is the resurrection of my spirit, and that I was born again by believing in Jesus by faith. And then with my lightning-fast mind, I had this revelation that I have the faith that has raised me from the dead. That all other miracles pale in, com in comparison to resurrection. And if I had faith to be saved, which is the resurrection of my spirit, certainly my faith can receive healing from my body. Which is much easier than being resurrected. So it put things into perspective that God has given us all that we need to walk in health on the earth. Because the same spirit that resurrected our spirit when we called on the name of the Lord is the same spirit that's going to heal our body. Amen. Yep. Right. Now look at this verse. So verse 11 says that the Holy Spirit that raised up Christ, where does he live? In me, right? Mm -hmm. Then it says that this spirit that lives in you shall also quicken your mortal body. Yes. Quicken whose mortal body? My mortal body. Now, what's this word mortal mean? Quite simply, it just means it's subject to death. Our, our body is not eternal. Our physical body is not eternal, at least not yet. When we receive the fullness of our redemption... We're going to have a resurrected body just like Jesus does. And that's when you and I are going to be able to walk through walls and do whatever we got to do. And apparently in a resurrected body, you can eat because Jesus was on the shore after his resurrection and cooked fish for the boys. And they did eat. And plus, we're going to the marriage feast of the Lamb in heaven. And we're not just going to sit there and look at food. We're going to eat it. Hallelujah. So this resurrected body is going to be as awesome as our resurrected spirit that we now have. It's going to be wall-to-wall -wall God. With no no, how do I say this? No essence of death. 
See, right now, our body is tainted with death because it's of this world. And so there is a percentage of death in our body, even though it's alive, and that's why it gets older. And that's why it's mortal. But we have the spirit of life living in us. We have God, the Holy Spirit, in life. And he can take any kind of a sickness condition that tries to attack or be a part of our body and to drive it out. So the way that I described Christ being resurrected is that which you've already experienced. In essence, you were in a grave. And when you called on the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit came in you and resurrected you from spiritual death just like he resurrected Jesus. But now also because he has taken residence in our heart, we're now his temple, we're now his dwelling place, we can also cooperate with him in the spiritual laws laid out in the word of God and allow him to quicken, make alive, energize, heal the physical tissue of our body, whatever's going on in it, even to the degree of resurrecting different parts of our body. Now, we're still subject to physical death. Have you noticed that there's no one here from the Civil War anymore? Because that's been a couple hundred years ago, right? Why? They've died. So there is a point in time where the spirit of life can no longer quicken you when you get to that place where you're satisfied, mm-hmm. you can leave. Yes. Amen? And the Lord will receive you. Amen. But while we're here doing business, anybody got business you're doing? Come on. Right? Caring for your family, yes. right? Representing Jesus yes. on the earth. We still got things to do. Yes. So we, we're going to do it being healthy. How can we be healthy? We can access that spirit of life that's in our spirit. So let's go on and and begin talking about how to access this life. Oh, glory. Go on over to... uh, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Anytime you and I begin to access what Jesus has purchased for us, through his passion, through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection, through his being seated at the right hand of of God the Father. The very first step that we must take to receive from him what he's provided is that we have to be fully persuaded. Not just know about, not just have the knowledge of, 
but a position in our heart that no matter what else is happening on the outside of us, we believe in our heart that it's the will of God for us to walk in health. And that sickness has no place, according to God, in our body because he's already put it underfoot through the resurrection of Jesus. If you question if it's the will of God for you to be healed, then you're not in that position of being fully persuaded for your faith to work effectually. See, faith only comes into its greatest measure to help us to receive what Jesus has purchased when we believe it's the will of God to have what we're desiring. And this is an area that, the, that, that so many people who profess to be Christians and teach from pulpits all over this world, this is an area that's, that's still fuzzy. You'll hear preachers say, well, sometimes he heals, sometimes he don't. I heard it, I heard it preached that, that Jesus only healed to prove that he was the Son of God, and then he let the apostles heal for a while, but then when the last apostle died, all miracles stopped, and now you're on your own. And that's why a lot of people ask for healing, but they're asking not sure whether or not God will heal them. So there's no faith. It's just simply a mental exercise that they're trying to receive healing, and that's why it very rarely works for them. Amen. So if we want the giver of life, who's the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of us, if, if, if we desire for him to to begin quickening and making alive and resurrecting physical tissue in our body, eradicating sickness and disease, and raising up healthy tissue to take its place, then you have to believe without a shadow of a doubt it's the will of God for you to be healed. Amen. And that's where you have to start. Yeah. Now, I brought us over here to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And it says here that God, that be God the Father, anointed. Who did he anoint? Jesus of Nazareth. Understand that everything that Jesus did in the realm of the miraculous, he didn't do as the Son of God. He did it as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. And that's why he told you that you can do the same works he did, because you can be anointed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's why it's so important to be filled with the Holy Spirit after you've been born of the Spirit. See, when you receive Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. But when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, then the Spirit comes up upon you, and that's when you receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is inside of us to develop character and to help us to grow spiritually but and to walk in love. But when the Holy Spirit comes on us, that's when he's anointed us to reach out and help others. Amen. It's the doorway to the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, of which one of them is gifts of healing. So here it says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy Ghost and with what? Power. Notice there's two distinct responsibilities or, or dare I say, offices of the Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus. What's the difference? Well, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. That's talking about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. He was anointed with special faith, working of miracles, gifts of healing. He was anointed with the revelation gifts, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. And he was anointed to prophesy. The only two manifestations he didn't have was speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues. And that was set aside and to be distinct only for what we call the church age or the age of grace, the age that in now we live, which the Bible calls the last day, last days. Amen? Amen. So first and foremost, Jesus was anointed with the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But what's this power? Power was simply the anointing of God that was resonant upon him. That he would release and utilize by faith. Amen. Do you remember the woman with the issue of blood? Because Jesus was anointed not just with the Holy Ghost, but also with power, it was like Jesus was going around like this spiritual uh, power plant. And she went and touched his garment. She didn't touch Jesus. She touched his clothing, which is a whole other story. That's why you can pray for handkerchiefs and cloths and, and, and have them be a storage cell to carry the anointing to someone that's not in your presence. She came up to Jesus without him consciously willing or cooperating with her and just touched the clothing of Jesus. And she did it by faith, Amen. believing that when she touched him, she would be healed. Yes. She didn't touch him with a touch of curiosity. She touched him with her faith. Because Jesus said in that 34th verse, your faith has made you whole. Amen. And because he was a carrier of power, it flowed right in to her. Amen. So what did he do with the Holy Ghost and with power? 
he went about doing good. I think that's, that's pretty clear to see, right? Because God is good and he has nothing but good, so he can only do good. What's part of the good that he did? Healing. See that? Healing who? All that were oppressed of the devil. And he could do that, not because he's the son of God, but it says that for God was what? With him. Well, let me ask you a question. Is God with you? We've got one person that believes that God's with him. Absolutely. We just read that his spirit indwells us. And it's the same spirit that Jesus went about doing good. Amen. Doing what? What was the good Jesus did? According to verse 38, healing. And how did he do it? Because God was with him. Yes. You've just determined and discovered the will of God. Amen. That is his will to heal you. Why would God work with Jesus, empower Jesus to heal, if it wasn't the will of God to heal? Remember what Jesus said? He had one of his... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought of what a preacher said. Uh, it was funny, and I might tell you about it. He had one of his disciples come up to him and say, show us the Father. And this is what this one preacher says. That's why Jesus used to call them the disciples. The disciples. Because they're the. And I could, just, I could just see Jesus' face. You've been walking around with me all this time. I've been telling you all along that he does the works. <laughs> and you want to see the Father? He says, when you see me, and that encompasses what he did Amen. and what he said, mm -hmm. you see the Father. So can we get past this? Say, I believe. I believe, I believe, emphatically, I believe emphatically, regardless of what I've heard, regardless of what stupid people have told me. It is the will of God for me to be healed. In fact, it's such the will of God that he has empowered me to heal. Not just myself, but when I lay hands on the sick. Amen. So we don't want to be a disciple, right? I don't want to be a disciple. I want to be a believing disciple. Amen. Amen. So that's step number one. Do we dare have time to go into step number two? I might just leave that for next time. I'm telling you, hanging out, hanging out with the Lord is so awesome. And to think, that 
he's willing to use people like you and me, like he used Jesus. Do you hear what I just said? It's his will, and he has made it possible for him to use you and I like he used Jesus. Now, we're not Jesus. But we're a part of Jesus. We're a part of his body. And he works through his body to will and to do of his good pleasure. And that's why he wants us to walk in health and healing because we got some things to do. And you can't do it as, a, as effectively as if you were sick. Any more than you can help somebody with resources if you're poor. Does that make sense? See, God has a reason for giving us all the attributes and all the benefits of being in his kingdom. Now, Father, I'm just in awe that the creator of the universe has sent God the Holy Spirit not simply to resurrect me to be born again, but he now lives in me. I'm asking that you will make this truth a reality to each one of us listening to your voice tonight that we will begin to be confident, believing that God the Holy Spirit is in me. Therefore, resurrection power is in me. Not simply to help me, but also to help those around me. Help us to be good stewards of this power of this ability to take that which is sick and dying and resurrect it to health and vitality and strength. We claim it now in Jesus' name. Everyone believe and said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. We'll see you next time.